Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Jerry Devine from the Limerick band Cruiser. I've been talking about Limerick, or certainly observing what's going on in Limerick. For the past little while, I was on a previous podcast with uh, Cormac from Cosmonaut Cork Promotions. Uh, we kind of talked about DIY, LK and all the good things that they're doing. So I thought it was about time that I talked to someone who's actually involved in the scene in Limerick. So chatted to Jer about that. He's also heavily involved in DIY, LK. So he kind of talks about how Cruiser, his band started and how they got to the point where they released their debut album, self-titled. It's called Cruiser. Uh, they released that on the 15th of October. So we talked about that. It's available on Spotify. Just type in Cruiser and it should come up it's 10 songs it's uh shoegazy is the genre that uh jerry's kind of calling it i say it's kind of and so i watch you from afar do pop punk there's a little bit of weezer in there as well so if you're into all that you might uh you might enjoy the album i really enjoy it i think it's a very very good album so we talk about how that was recorded and how diy lk has kind of come into fruition and like how Limerick in general is doing. So it's a really interesting chat with lots of names. I, I suggest listening to the podcast with the pen pen and paper handy so that you're able to write down all of these like really interesting bands that are starting out, including uh, Static Vision, who are releasing a 10-song EP, which, you know, I don't know, it's an EP, it's 10 songs, is that an EP, is that not an LP? But, uh, and, and there's loads of others that uh, Jer mentions as well, like Eraser TV. Um, so, yeah, certainly keep an eye out for all these bands. It certainly sounds like Limerick is in a healthy place, and I really enjoy chatting to Jer. Uh, Cruiser have a couple of gigs coming up, so he kind of talks about that, including a Christmas show in Limerick on the 16th of December. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that, and just I'm sure you'll be able to find it on, on the old Facebook as well. So without further ado, let's talk to Jer from Cruiser about Cruiser, the album. So you released your debut album about a month ago. How are you feeling about it? I'm pretty happy, yeah. I, I've just got to the point where I can go back and listen to it and be somewhat objective. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy about it. It's nice to see getting some, uh, some positive reactions from people. Um, there are there's things about it that I'm kind of like, I know I feel like these songs are, you know, they're kind of a year older. I feel like we've... Uh, We've got new stuff in the tank now that might be superior. So uh, it's equal parts being very satisfied, but also I'm this week I've been just like writing because I want to get the next album out. If, if that makes sense. Ah. Uh-huh. So, so like being objective with the album, like would you would you write a critical album review of it? Like yeah, I might yeah, like I haven't actually seen a bad review yet, so I might uh yeah I might do that myself. Yeah, just really put put a couple of bullets in it. Like what is it that like. I mean, it's it's always the criticisms that you're drawn to, I suppose, like within your own work and like within other people's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Like, wh- what is it that you're looking for? Is it just kind of the sound or is it like, oh, my God, what are we what are we talking about here? Yeah, it's um, it's more like little things. If, if you know, say if I'm listening back now, I might go, ah, you know, wish I'd maybe like phrase that word differently or like it's always a vocal for me. I'll be sort of looking at just, oh, maybe I should have done this line slightly differently but overall I, i'm pretty um pretty realistic about it in that i'm not gonna go oh god we wish we'd never released this so oh, i didn't phrase this word right you know generally <laughs> overall i can sort of get that the, the songs are good they are at least 
enjoyable in some way. Um, so, you know, I, I think you, you would drive yourself insane if you were trying to completely take everything apart all the time. In the end, you have to be able to somewhat enjoy your music when it's when it's been recorded. <laughs> uh, like, it, it is excitement, I suppose, when you do hear it first, but then you do have to eventually just kind of put it to one side and be like, okay, that's finished, it's done. Like, kind of do forget about it and move on to the next Definitely. thing. Definitely, and uh, you know, we, we've always taken that kind of uh, that husker do approach to our music in that we've just been, we would never do that thing of kind of holding songs back or taking our time. We, we're just trying to put out songs as fast as we, as fast as we write and rehearse them as a band. So, like, since the, since the outset, it's always just been barreling along. Like, most of the songs we've done before the album are, like, out of the sentence by now. We're already working on some new material that like, could be knocking like album songs out of the set list for the gigs. It's uh, it's there's always this sort of forward momentum, but uh, like I've got pretty much my tracks for the next album down, written. So Chris will be writing a few as well, and I know he's got some good stuff. So you know we're, <laughs> we're already very much moving on to the next project, which uh, I think is a good way to approach it. So how does it work? Is it just like you take care of the guitar and vocals, and he does uh, the drums, um, or the is it the other guitar? No, it's, it's a bit different. We um, see at the outset it was just me and Chris. Chris is the uh, he's the other guitarist in the band. Like it was, we, this band just started as the two of us after college. Just kind of we'd each be writing songs in our own time, and we'd sort of bring it bring our songs to the other one. We'd work out guitar parts between us, and I do the vote. I I I generally write the lyrics, but uh. Chris, Chris has lyrics for some songs, and um, yeah, we kind of work it up between us and then bring uh, Rachel and Steven to uh, develop the rhythm section and stuff. But yeah, it's kind of it's a nice way to uh, to work it because I only have to write half an album at any given time, which takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah. Uh, when did uh, when did you finish recording the album? Uh, actually, not that long ago. I think when, when did we, we released in October. I think we were. Like things we learned, we were definitely still recording in like maybe early September, late August. Like it's a very quick process. Um, we uh, we record everything live in our uh, in our practice space, which it's in, it, you know we're not talking about like a someone's like shed. It's a it's a nice sounding practice room. But uh, yeah, we just mic up, record. It, 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 it's as if we're just like recording a practice, and then when you know you got a good take that sounds good. Uh, you move on to the next song, overdub the vocals later, and yeah, it, it it works very fast. So was it actually a quick recording process in whole? Like, was it done over like three months over the summer or something? Um, no, we it was over a year, but it was kind of fragmented in that we sort of did it like, say, three, three songs at a time. So like the first three were Grown Apart Spine and A Note. So we kind of had them, we were playing them live last summer. So then we went to record them. Then we learned the next three songs, recorded them, and then the next three, and then, and then the tenth was just uh, just me playing acoustically. So uh, no more parties in UK in the UK. In LK, yeah. Oh, in LK, I always read that as UK. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. it's just as well my job isn't paying attention to typos <laughs> and making sure that. Uh, <laughs> oh I, wow! I, no more parties in LK. There's actually, I, I've noticed that a few times that there's like song titles that I've always taken for granted. Just, I've never looked at them closely enough, you know, and then you go out and suddenly you read them. And you're like, oh, wait, this is, I've actually been saying this completely wrong for years. <laughs> so that, that's, that's I, I get that with, 
I get that with lyrics all the time. You know when you know when you can barely hear a vocal or something, or it's really oh, buried yeah, yeah. in the mix. But but you, but you end up singing along as well. I always want to like record myself, like what I'm actually singing, <laughs> then learn the lyrics and kind of compare and contrast to just how wrong I was. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the it's the excuse me while I kiss this guy thing, you know. <laughs> um, um, oh yeah, it, go on. It, it, it's it's something with um we've been talking about like last week. Now we can add our proper like band chat about what we want to do for album number two and I think what we want to do for this one is a more sort of like you know have all the songs and do them in a particular space all together over the course of like a couple of weeks so it's a more cohesive type thing I feel like the first album is more just like a document of songs we play live whereas maybe the next album could be more of an album more of a have more of an art to it or something I suppose it's just something that you kind of, it's almost like get the first one done and then we'll, you know, do something proper sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like the first album was very practical. You know, we, none of us have loads of money to be going off, you know, on an artist retreat to uh, do an album for a month or something. You know, we, uh, yeah, we did, it was done in a very practical way. We recorded everything ourselves. Like Chris is just an absolute recording genius in the band. Uh, he, he did all the recording, all the mixing. His, uh, his ability to get a good sound out of what is essentially a practice space is through meticulous mic placement and a very, very good knowledge of uh, of acoustics. But And and you record everything live? Uh, yeah. There was a bit of overdubbing on the album just to kind of taking out guitar parts and stuff, but the general, the, we do the tracks like guitars, bass and drums in the same room. Um, it, it gives you like the certain the certain vibe you're going off like yeah the energy like it like uh, I, I I really I hate the idea of like sitting down in a control room like overdubbing you know guitar parts sitting down I, I don't know it just feels yeah. very unorganic I think that the core of the track should be done live just to uh, just to get that energy especially when you can sort of make eye contact with each other while you're playing I think that's important so you can sort of figure out things on on the spot or like if a part is or if a section is sounding really good, you might drag it out a bit longer or something like that. Lots of, lots of hand signaling and eye signaling happens, I think. Even when you're, like, recording the track? Yeah, at times, you know, there's there's times where we leave stuff sort of open-ended, like uh, on the song Gram, which is a really long way at the end of the album, like, it's sort of, it's kind of a jam section at the end of that, but we didn't have anything concrete for, like, what we are doing for that. We had, there had been certain sections of it that we'd rehearsed, that sounded cool, but we didn't know how long they were going to go on for. It was very much a see how it's going. If it sounds good, keep it going type thing. And wow, yeah, it's. I, I think I think it's a good approach. It means things aren't. You don't kind of suck the life out of things before you hit the studio, which I think is very important. And like you, so like Graham, when you play it live, isn't going to sound like it does on the album, I presume. Uh, very much so. Yeah, the like when we we did it at the album launch, and that was. Uh, such a strenuous gig in terms of like just the stamina live because a lot of our songs are very fast and intense and Graham was like very much at the back end and like I was I was so tired but uh <laughs> during the during the jam section like there's a bit where Steve is just like pretty much blast beating really up-tempo drums and normally that goes on for like 30 seconds or so but for some reason I think he I'd say his limbs were just locked into doing that motion because he stayed doing it for about two minutes and I was like you know, like double time guitar strumming and we were just like it was so intense for about two minutes like, trying to keep that up tempo thing going 
but he was enjoying it. So it's kind of a, it, it, it sort of depends on how we feel on the night. It, like maybe, maybe next time he'll, uh, he won't go to the fast bit and we'll just keep a sort of slow jammy thing going for a while. If who knows. I've never thought about, um, like, like I've never played in a band, so I've never thought about like the stamina that it takes to actually put on a gig. I don't think like, you notice when a, a band is like really going for it or something and you can see like the drummer takes his top off or whatever, but I've never actually thought like, oh, these guys, you know, you need to be in good shape, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's definitely like it, there's times we're practicing not just to like learn the set, but it's to get like, particularly for Steve, like he, uh, if you watch him, if you come to the show and watch like Steve's drumming, it's so intense all the time. Like even his... Uh, just like his calf muscles for the double paddles and stuff like he needs to be constantly drumming to keep him strong because if he doesn't drum for a month it's like you, you can notice that towards the end of the set he'll start dropping off so like the album launch I think that was the longest set we've ever done and like he, there's no breaks between songs we pretty much are just going track to track to track uh, like it is uh, it's a lot I, I was just like a sweating wreck of a man by the end of the show <laughs> uh, that was in Pharmacia was it? Yeah, which is this really cool uh, new place in Limerick. It's like a uh, it's a cocktail bar with sort of a grimy upstairs venue that used to be um there used to be a lot of metal gigs on there back when it was uh, under different ownership. But um yeah, it's uh it was the perfect place for our album launch. I think we uh we managed to pack the place out without having to you know, I'd say there was maybe hundred and twenty odd people there. But that was like wow. a busy room which is you know, which is great. I think having that kind of packed atmosphere really like and the really intense music works so well. What did uh pharmacy used to be? It used to be Riddlers back in the day. Oh, okay. And it's been closed for a couple of years, I think. And now it's back and it's like putting on good shows and it's kinda it yeah. seems like it's it's one of these places like I, I you see it cropping up all the time, like with new gigs going on. It does seem like Limerick has kind of gone through a bit of a rejuvenation. I'm saying that very much from the outside. Like you're probably, I don't oh, know if you're positive towards it. Oh, absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's yeah? been insane. Like I can't even believe it that I remember like we're doing this Christmas show uh, next month. And I remember when we were like sitting to plan that we were like, we, we were going to do it in uh, the Casa Social Club beside Dolan's, which is a great little venue. But, uh, where at the time we were like, this is kind of our only option. You know, there's no other places to put on this show. It's kind of Dolan's or bust. But now it's suddenly we have Pharmacia, which like, I, I got a lot of love for Dolan's, but it's what was lacking was kind of a smaller venue in the city centre. Because Dolan's is a little bit outside. Like you need somewhere in the city centre because then you can get just people who will wander into the gig on a Saturday night out of curiosity rather than specifically going to see the gig and Pharmacia has provided that and it's worked so well so far like I'm, I'm extremely positive about them right now and and like you recorded the album at Music Hub Studios is it is that like a relatively new thing um it's a couple of years old basically it's based in this place called the uh, the Learning Hub in Limerick which is um based on the north side in uh, in Kalili which is just by Moiras and it's a it's a great center where like kids can go for after school programs to do science and music and all sorts. Um, I used to work there for a couple of years and Steve, the drummer, did a co-op there as well. Um, but yeah, there's a little, little recording studio buried in Limerick's North Side that not a lot of people know about. Um, it's a really nice studio. The rates are pretty friendly and that practice room is just this big 
like big empty room but uh it's that's where we've recorded everything we've done and it's uh yeah it's worked out great for us so yeah i i hope uh i hope all you because pretty much every limerick release that's come out this year has been recorded by chris from my band and there's a few more to come in the next couple of months and he's done them all in that space so hopefully the uh the word will get out uh I was I was listening to a song uh, by Post Punk Podge, which uh, mm. kind of blew my mind. Yeah, he uh, I, I've known a guy for a while, and he uh, he blows my mind every time I meet him. <laughs> That's um, the same story, is it? It was it was recorded at the Music Hub by uh, Steve. Uh, by Chris, uh, it's by yeah, Chris, that, sorry. that that one though was a bit. I, I think they did some stuff in a studio, but a lot of it was done kind of at home because it's a lot more like. Um, I think there's a lot more MIDI and synths and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's a very, very interesting project that I think is going to uh, blow a lot of people's minds when it comes out. Uh, I've heard. <laughs> I'm trying not to listen to it too much because, like, I, whenever Chris is recording stuff, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm a fan first and foremost, so I don't want to like, hear it before it's finally finished. But the snippets I've heard have been uh, very exciting. I think, uh, I think Pod is kind of the act in Limerick who I'm most expecting to like hit a national audience oh wow just because he's so he's so bizarre <laughs> don't sell yourself short though you know you gotta put Cruiser up in that uh, in, in that bracket as well no maybe who knows um, like as I say first and foremost we're like we try to make sure we're it's satisfying to us and that we're having fun and we hope, really hope people like it but we also do accept that we're a bit noisy and a bit, a bit off kilter to uh <laughs> to grab national attention maybe um i hope so well, yeah well like i mean when i was listening to the album like like i mean a lot of the kind of the 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 um i can't think of the the genre now but i, I was i was thinking of and so i watch you from afar i think that they oh, yeah? kind of yeah i think that they kind of loom large it's like i was thinking it was like uh and so i watch you from afar do pop punk or something oh, like that uh, i like the sound of that yeah we might say that. That, that, that's a good one we, we yeah, were going so, with uh, we were going with Shugazi up till now. Shugazi, yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend the... coined that by accident. Uh, she mispronounced Shugazi as Shugazi, and that's like that's the perfect genre for us. I hope you're putting it in all your all your uh, press releases. You know, you got to kind of trademark that. That's oh, absolutely yeah. That could probably be the name of the second album. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll pitch that at the next cruiser practice. <laughs> Uh, like so, so let's go back to the start of the band. When when did Cruiser kind of start out? See, um, myself and Chris were in college together uh, doing music tech in Limerick here, and we we finished up about twenty thirteen. And like we didn't really play together in college, but afterwards we were both sort of knocking around. We we were we realized we were both into um, similar kind of noisy music like Sonic Youth and stuff. So we started. Um, just jamming it a little bit and like I had some songs and he had some songs and we did the single Rubbernecking uh, which was just like the two of us and a friend of ours uh, Miles playing bass with uh, we just used program drums because we were doing this all in the bedroom like and then Chris was gone to Japan for a year so the band was kind of defunct but uh, when he came back then I, I had got to know Steve really well so we had a drummer and then we met Rachel so kind of at the end of 2015 we had a proper lineup so we start gigging and then we just released like a bunch of singles, did an EP and it's just been growing ever since. So like, I guess the band was around for like since 2014, but 
it wasn't really a proper band till maybe like the end of 2015. It, it sounds like it's something that probably couldn't have happened even like when you started out five years ago. Just the idea of being able to record it all yourself in, in uh, you know, the studio and the fact that Limerick seems in a healthy place right now. Do you think it's like a good time at the oh, moment? De- like Definitely, yeah. I, th- I think if we had been like trying to release this album back like, two years ago, I think it would have been a very different environment. Like what's happening in Limerick is like you can nearly trace it back. Like I remember when we were first starting out, we were like, okay, we're like very noisy and intense and we're kind of, there isn't a whole pile of other bands like our age who are like that or any really. And we said, we met Cassavetes just kind of randomly. They, they liked our music and then we liked theirs. And then we met Marty Ryan as anchor when we played uh, ourselves and himself uh, open for windings back in May, 2016. And then we did a gig with Cassavetes where uh, a Razor TV played with us because they were just like a music generation band, like they're a bunch of teenagers. And then we were like, oh, we'll give them the show. So kind of through those different gigs and stuff, we had the core members then of like a Limerick scene, which is spawned DIYLK. So it, I, I think if it had happened a year earlier, like we wouldn't have had kind of a scene to support us and like kind of friends who were into the same music and that. So uh, I, I think it worked out very uh, fortuitously. And so what was the idea behind DIY LK? Because it sounds like it's doing really well, like uh, like putting on lots of gigs and seems to be bringing in people as well. Yeah, it's it's kind of exceeded all expectations. Um, I remember what spawned it was last Christmas. So we did a Christmas show in uh, the Gate the Bar. <laughs> yeah, we've actually, we actually did, we did the song last Christmas, a cover before, but... Uh, Sorry, last Christmas we put on a show um, <laughs> for charity here in uh, the Gate Bar in Limerick, which is like a little old man pub that I live above. Um, so that was a bizarre night to start with. Uh, but it was uh, Cruiser, Cassavetes, Anna Zanker, and Gaia, who are a doom metal band who since rebranded as Tombs. Um, but uh, yeah, we put on this really crazy gig in this tiny pub, and it was really fun. I remember at the end of the night, I kind of, I remember having a conversation with Marty uh, from Anna Zanker where I was saying we should just like kind of come up with like a sort of flag, like a DOLK sort of banner that we can put all these bands under. Um, I don't know, it's sort of, I feel like Limerick was lacking any idea of like a scene and it's sort of it's like sticking this flag up that sort of other weird noisy bands can like be drawn to. And Marty was saying he wanted to put on shows in Limerick. So we kind of talked about, you know, the biggest problem for, if you're a sort of a weird, noisy band and you come to a town like Limerick, the biggest worry is that no one's going to show up. But if you have this collective of, you know, 10 to 20 people and you can guarantee that at least they'll be there, you can say that people are at least never going to be playing in an empty room. They'll always have somewhere to stay. They'll be treated well. They'll always be, like, like a multitude of gear on hand if they need drums or bass sounds or whatever. So it kind of it came from that idea um, of basically being able to do gigs that might not necessarily make money. And that actually seems like a ridiculous worry, you know, at this point because the gigs have done so well. Like I think every show has been like I've turned to Marty at the end of the night or turned to one of the lads at the end of the night and been like, "Wow, this is exceeded all expectations. We've done great." amazing move on to the next one yeah another one exceeded expectations 
So it's it's been really really positive so far, and it's uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very exciting now in 2018 because we're getting a bit cocky and maybe a bit more ambitious. So it is kind of generally a, a kind of a gig promotion kind of banner DIY Limerick. Like, do you see yeah. it branching off into like recording or like like I don't know something else? Well, we've kind of we've been sticking the uh, like the logo on releases like Radio TV put it on their EP and we put it on our album. Like, we don't necessarily want it to be like uh, I don't know like a I don't know a recording company or something. But it's uh, I suppose like. Chris does all he's recording all the Limerick bands at the moment. He's kind of a branch of DOLK, so maybe it could encompass stuff like that. Um what really inspired us was uh the you know the unseen in Limerick. It's uh sort of a vague hip hop collective. Uh, like now you've said oh, would be yeah, a part yeah. of that. Um like it's not necessarily a record label, but it kind of is. Like yeah. it's, it's more of just when if say if someone is into now you've said, and they know about the unseen. If something else comes out on the unseen, they can go, "Well, the unseen is reliable. I'll go for that." Um, so that's what we're trying to do. We're kind of trying to make it like the OLK is like a a marker for like quality Limerick alternative music. Um, that's great. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's been it's it's really exceeded all expectations so far. So it's it's been a, it's been a great year for for Limerick music. Well, like one of the main yeah. things is to just try and. Like we're bringing cool bands to town, but also just to try and give like proper headline shows to young member bands that they might not necessarily get if we weren't here. You know, they'd be getting the opening bills and stuff. Whereas, you know, we have like Static Vision, our extreme young band, just released kind of the first proper uh, EP, and we're doing a headline show with them in two days. That you know, if other shows are anything to go by, could be fifty to hundred people there. So that's like a great experience for them. Yeah, I was I was just about to I was just about to uh, talk about that. That's happening on November eighteenth. I'm not one hundred percent sure when this podcast goes up. It might be before then, or it might be just after it. But Static yeah. Vision, they're they're really young. They're releasing a ten song EP. Yeah, they're the only people who could get away with this. Like, this that, is their that's, a, that's an LP. That's an album, though. Ten songs. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm not going to argue with them about it. There, <laughs> <laughs> they, they might there might be the least. Uh, least pretentious band I've ever heard in my life like oh, really? this, this is how lucky we've been this year I was uh, I was working in the learning club just uh, I was like covering uh, like a band was in rehearsing and I was just there to like take the money or whatever and normally it's like cover bands and that kind of stuff but I could hear this sound coming through the walls and I put my phone on the ground and recorded and send it on to like the DOLK group and I was like guys like this is incredible and I looked them up on Facebook and they had zero likes but they had two albums on YouTube yeah. <laughs> of just like home recorded stuff. And they just absolutely blew my mind. Um, just the quality of songwriting for such a young band is insane. Like, and they don't even have, you know, sort of the typical like indie influences. They're just like, you know, Nirvana, Pixies, let's go. And they do it so well. It's like, it's so refreshing in uh, the current like Irish time climate that they're very, they're very unprecious about their uh, their tunes. That's great. Uh, must uh, must check that out. It's on. Is it on Bandcamp or are uh, they just Spotify releasing now, it on Saturday? Actually. Oh they're, wow, they're, they're, they're doing it all. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going for it. Um, I think they're doing CDs as well. Uh, I'll, I'll find out on Saturday at the gig. But uh, no, they're they're a really exciting young band. But one of many now around them. Like it's uh, it's terrifying to be kind of like 
25 because you feel like an old man now at this point because there's so many brilliant bands who are like you know, the younger side of 20. D- does that come from music generation? Is that kind of the, the spark that lit it all, do you think? Or is there is there something else? A little bit. Um, there's bands like, like a radio TV probably met through music generation um, and like learned, uh, like Alan and Keen probably learned guitar there. So, And also like Powpig, who are another band who are really really blown up at the moment, uh, relatively speaking. They're all 16 years old and they're amazing. But uh, yeah, they're like a music generation band. But uh, like Static Vision, I don't think had anything to do with it and neither like Van Panther or us. So I guess it's it's kind of helped, but it's also just a sort of, I don't know, it's just a weird moment in the McHistory where things seem to just be coming together perfectly and all these bands are coming out of the the woodwork it's exciting it's exciting hearing like mm. you being so enthusiastic about all these acts as well you know it's like wow it does sound like there's something happening there and limerick does have that yeah. kind of vibe of you know like uh give a man a kick or limerick yeah. based and windings and everything so it does kind of sound like you're you're reigniting that that spark that fuse yeah, that, yeah there was kind of there was a like a sort of golden era in the early 2000s of limerick where um like the AMC was putting on these amazing gigs like they had like the IAS played the high stool and like Interpol were supposed to come but they cancelled and you had like these cool bands like Tooth and then Give Man a Kick um, I guess we're trying to like reignite that that spark of those days and created like a, a really cool scene and just get people excited about guitar music in Limerick because like Limerick has an amazing hip hop scene like best in the country hands down for me and it's got a really cool electronic music scene, but the guitar music scene just didn't really, wasn't really a thing that you had bands, but I wouldn't say there was like a scene. So that's what we're just trying to get it up to the quality of the other scenes in America. Are they kind of separate scenes as well? Like, would you see the other guys at, you know, you know, like, would you see the rap, the rap kids at the rock shows? Um, yeah, very much so. Like, yeah, me, me and Steven Cruiser are very involved in the hip hop scene. Like, um, I don't know if you've heard of like Same Difference, who are probably my favourite uh, Irish hip hop group at the moment. They they've done very well out of Limerick, but uh, like Steve does all their videos and like they go to any of their shows, and me and Steve are gonna be the guys in the front row, like screaming every word back at them. Um, like you know, naive Ted will show his face at Cruiser gigs and Radio TV gigs. Um, they there's just so so much crossover like that. I feel like the music fans in Limerick are kind of into everything because it, it really is a tiny city. Like it's a very small community, um, particularly like the city. The city centre is very underpopulated, so yeah, I think I think people expect like it, it's so different to Cork and Dublin because the population is quite low in terms of people who are young and into music. So I feel like the music fans go to everything. Yeah. And like when you do have someone like Naive Ted, who's kind of like, like not looming over it, but he's so involved in the scene yeah. as well. Like that's someone that like the rap scene can hang their hat on. Like he's so, he's so good. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's great to have these sort of, these guys who've like been there, done that, like, uh, like Ted and like Steve Ryan from Windings, who, especially with, with all this cool young stuff coming through, it's like, it's great to have these older dons who are like going to shows and like spreading the word. Like that, I think that's really important for the, the growth of the scene. You're not getting any of the old, the older crowd just being like, "Oh well, in my day, we wouldn't have done this." <laughs> yeah, back in the day, things are so much better. <laughs> no, I think there's actually like, uh, like my older brother, uh, my old brothers would have been sort of involved in Limerick in the early 2000s. They were saying that lots of the the old heads were at our album launch, and they were 
saying they were excited. I, I think one of them said it's the most excited he's been about a Limerick band since Tooth, which I was like, yes. Wow. That, that that, that's that's something else you can put on the on the press release under yeah, your under definitely. Um <laughs> You played with uh, Ganglions as well for their, they kind of released an EP at the was that at the end of September and you did a couple of gigs with that. I presume that there must have been a bit of stamina involved with that as well. Did you do four four nights in a row? Um, we, we didn't actually play with Ganglions, but they uh, we put them on. Uh, it was Chancer who were uh, touring with them. Oh, so I'm confused. We, Sorry, my apologies. I, I, I can see like the, the names are pretty similar, but uh, we uh, we put on Ganglions and Chancer. And who do we have on the bill for that? I think it was for the Tombs. Yeah, I think it was Tombs. Um, yeah, we put them on in pharmacy, and that was like one of our uh, one of our best shows. I think it was so it was so packed. Um, it was great to see like a band like Agnews kind of on their first tour could come playing a headline show and get like a great crowd in Limerick. I think they were had they were super excited, and they're obviously the kind of guys who will go and spread the word, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um. And just before we talk about what uh cruise um. Yeah, Cruiser's plans are for the rest of the year. Tell me, can you say anything about the uh, Christmas show that you mentioned earlier? Yes, we have. Um, so we wanted to sort of set up like a Christmas show that we can do every year. So we came up with this like Phelan, a cartonist name that we're going to try and have every year. But this year it is like what I think is a very stacked lineup, which is uh, Amazon Anchor, Full Band, uh, Cruiser and Van Panther, who are really cool. Uh, Limerick band who have a great little cult following here, which is kind of like like the people who go there shows don't necessarily aren't necessarily people we would know, which is kind of cool. Um, so it's like three bands who have good followings in Limerick all playing together, which uh, I'd say should should get a good crowd. And it's um, yeah, it's going to be in Casbah Social Club, so you can get tickets through Dolan's website. Uh, it's eight euro online or ten on the door. And it's for uh, Sporting Limerick Suicide Watch. So all profits will be going to them. So hopefully people come down. I think they will. What date is that? That is the 16th of December, which is cool. a Saturday night. So people have no excuse not to be out. <laughs> no excuses, yeah. And and so what are your plans kind of for the rest of the year and then into next year? Is it just kind of focus on getting the new tracks done? Um, for now, we are working on, we're going to be doing a single which we're hoping to record sometime this month. Um, depends how much practice we get in, but yeah, we, uh, we're going to do the electric version of No More Parties, which we, uh, it's really fun. We, uh, we finished our album on show with it, and it was just like a mad old sing-along. So we're going to try and do that as like a, a single, along with uh, Get Rid of an Old uh, Song that we've been doing live but never recorded as the, the B-side. Um, we're going to do a Cork show in December. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's going to be the 15th of December in the Roundy. And there'll be Ooh. details about that coming out soon. And then we're going to do our Christmas show on the 16th and call it a year. But then next year, we'll be trying to put together a few shows around the country. Um, we'll be starting to work on album number two, which, you know, fingers crossed, we can get out for the end of 2018 in a, in a perfect world. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll try and just keep on getting around the place and having a bit of fun. That's great. Well, it sounds like like Cruiser and DIYLK and Limerick in general seems to be in a really good place right now. So at the end of 2017, that seems like kind of a, a good thing to say. 
yeah, oh, very much so. Like, if I, you know, a year ago was probably like last December was when we first started talking about the OLK and how the Limerick scene was starting to really uh, turn into something. And like 12 months later, it's really exceeded all expectations. Um, and who knows what can happen in the next year? It's it's, it's crazy. Um, I know we have the Postman Pod GPs coming out. We have Static Vision are launching theirs now. Uh, Rage TV are going to be doing the new EP soon. I know Dermot from Cassavettes, who I live with, is starting writing an album. So, oh, and Anna Zanker working on a new album as well. So, 2018 could be a very exciting year, and uh, hopefully it keeps going for a few more years after that. Yeah, onwards and upwards. Uh, absolutely. Well, listen, thanks a lot for uh, chatting, and like, good luck with, with all of that. I hope that like, you have all the time to, to dedicate to all these things. Oh, hopefully. It might kill me, but we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's hard work, but it's, uh, yeah, it seems to all be paying off so far anyway, so I can't complain. 